Alright, so we're back. What's today? I don't even know what today is, Emerick. What's today? Um, today is April 29th. Episode 12. Episode 12. How you feeling, bro? I'm just chilling. Recovering from Broccoli Fest? Yeah, it was a pretty good day yesterday, man. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was just cool. You had all these hype words. Now nah, it's just cool. Now it's just like, cool. That's fine. You know I'm what I'm still like hungover a little bit, so y'all gotta excuse me if I sound monotone or anything. But this is probably gonna be my pace. Well, there it is. Well, I'll get it started. All right. So Henry did most of the doc, so shout out to him for shout all out to me. Yeah, putting in work always. for the first time. Oh, we got uh, a, um, shout out to our executive or producer now. <laughs> you give the shout. You give the shout out. You give the um, shout out. Kenzie Marshall. She works at BuzzFeed. Uh, she's an Alpha Chapter Delta, um, May 2017 graduate. So we'll be looking forward to the story she like includes. Um, so yeah, shout out to her. So yeah, we're about to hit y'all with this full fifth dog. Finally got some employees now. <laughs> well, she yeah, anyway. <laughs> All right, so the first thing that happened recently, obviously this happened probably the last time we recorded, but we did uh, an interview with Darius, which is still up, which we want y'all to check out. Uh, so this is the Starbucks protest, the Starbucks basically protest. So this happened, I think, a couple weeks ago, two black customers in the Philadelphia Starbucks were arrested after store employees. Uh, called the police and claimed they were trespassing. There was a video. It basically just showed that they were chilling, they were sitting, and all of a sudden they got kicked out and arrested for no good cause. Uh, the Starbucks CEO, whose name I didn't include in my doc, which is probably you know a lack of thoroughness on my part, uh, he issued an apology, and he will shut down every store on May 29th. Uh, so every employee, I think the over 8,000 stores, uh, they can undergo implicit racial bias training. Henry, how do, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean... So, I kind of have, like, I feel two ways. One, I feel like I appreciate Starbucks, like, making the attempt to make corrective action versus, like, coming out and making an apology. Like, because I feel, especially now, a lot of black propaganda is, like, happening with these big companies we've experienced with H&M and Adidas and so on and so forth to where they'll make these controversial ads or commercials and then they'll come out and make an apology and that's it. And then black Twitter go up about it like, cool, nothing's going to be done. Um, but I'll say like with Starbucks, they're taking, I guess, a corrective action and like they're potentially losing $160 million behind this. So like, that's a lot of money. Um, so I appreciate them for making that effort. But why are we shutting down a store for you to be taught how to deal with a black person? Like, that's absurd to me. Um, and what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. And then also, I feel like <clears throat> with them shutting down the stores and the media tracking the whole event, um, it's taken away from Rashawn Nelson's and Dante Robinson's initial platform. They don't get to speak out and, like, talk about their experience or potentially make a change. Well, clearly they're making a change, but an impactful change that they themselves are behind versus, like, Starbucks. The CEO came out and spoke, and now they're shutting down the stores, and, like, that's it. Like, Starbucks mended that issue. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a hard situation for probably, like, even, like, thinking about it objectively. One, it's a hard situation for Starbucks because it's, like, you – you have the situation come up, and the CEO, he his apology was actually very genuine, I would admit, but it's kind of a hard issue because some people said, like, oh, he's overreacting to the issue, or he's doing it for, like, a PR stunt to seem like he's on the right side of the issue, mm-hmm. which may be true, but him doing this is actually, it's, like, to his credit and to probably, like, one, he's dealing with an issue that's much larger than 
just Starbucks. Right, right. So right, it's right. hard to say like, hey, we at Starbucks are going to tackle an issue that's like historically it's a national issue, right. right. So yeah. like, it's kind of like shame if you do, shame if you don't. But also, like they're shutting down the store, which is affecting commerce, which in the sense that it's still an important decision. Um, so it's hard. I think that it's good for them to actually do this, but in the same in the same light, it's saying that, hey, we're doing this, but this is indicative of a larger problem. Mm-hmm. So Starbucks is taking a good step in doing it, but it's just a matter of like, what will be the what will be the aftermath? Will they make an attempt to say, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to have more monthly scheduled trainings on a bunch of different things? Exactly. Like, like this month, we're going to do like a focus on race. This month, we're going to do a focus on gender in the workplace. This month, we're going to do something about this. So it's just a matter of like, will this be like, oh, we did this once and now we're good or... Will this be a continued push by them to try to have more diversity in their store offices, but also in their corporate offices right. and make sure more of their regional people are more diverse? Exactly. So I think so. I think that's a key thing that probably needs to be talked about. But it's a it's a good thing. But I just mm-hmm. think it's a matter of like what will be the aftermath of their training because every like I mean we've all done training where it's like you sit there and you're like all right I got to do this. I, I got to do this for yeah, work yeah, that's it. then exactly. you're done so it's just a matter of like what will be the next step. So I think. Unless you got something to say, you don't move on. Well, no, we can't after this. I would just say that was a good perspective to, like, kind of highlight, is it going to be a continuous effort to, like, fix issues that are in the workplace? And I would appreciate if Starbucks is, um, I guess, coining or initiating a thing that we'll see circulating throughout a lot of bigger businesses. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Now, next to uh, hero that doesn't wear K, this like actually put a uh, smile on my face when I've seen it. Uh, well, I've seen a picture of him with like the scarf, but uh, <clears throat> James Shaw Jr. in um, Antioch, I think that's how you pronounce it, Tennessee. I just I, in my in my notes I said in Tennessee. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to put myself in that position. Um, well, yeah. He, uh, he tackled down a gunman who opened fire on patrons at a Waffle House. Um, the story basically says that him and his close friend ran into the restroom, and then his close friend, whose names I failed to like document myself, yeah, me too. it's like, yeah, um, they ran into the bathroom, and he returned and he wrestled the gun out of the man's hand, a rifle out of the man's hand, uh, throwing it behind the counter. He said during this whole thing, he was just driven off adrenaline. He figured he was going to die anyway. Why not try to save himself? Um, and in an attempt to save himself, he did save a few other individuals. He launched a GoFundMe um, a few days after that that exceeded the amount, the goal. It raised 165000 <laughs> ouch, I'm sorry, dollars. Um, and then a New York man in support for this whole movement raised $175,000. Trump has yet to speak out about this issue. Yeah, I mean, I think you... But he got time to respond to tweets, though. Bet. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't even have anything to add. I think, um, you know, we've always tried to highlight people who do good, like, every day. And I think this is a right. case where, um, you know, something bad did happen and the result was still bad. But, um, you know, if not for, you know, James Charles Jr.'s actions, who knows what could have happened or who knows what would have been the real end result. And... That might have included him being possibly one of the victims. So it's just good to highlight everyday do-gooders. And if he was a black man. <laughs> that I mean, we wouldn't include it if it wasn't. So I think that was, I think that <laughs> that was, was already known. I known because um, I guess I'm irritated because it seemed like every time in the media and like, for instance, the Starbucks situation, it was hard for me to find their names. Like when I was researching it, 
for like the point of our podcast. It was just like two Philadelphia black men. Not exactly. Like you put a face so on like, the person's exactly. name. Exactly. So for the media to display this man's name is woke. That's surprising. And two, we right. have to highlight when black men aren't highlighted as thugs or stereotypical. It's thing. a very humanizing factor. Right. Um, so now on to the next topic, which I'd like, I remember this like months ago and then I looked at it and I had to like read five articles about it to understand <laughs> it. So I have this as Diamond and Silk. Um, they are, this is my best explanation. So fill in the blank. They are two pro-Trump social media personalities. Um, they were recently on Congress to claim that Facebook censored their content. Um, they had a lot of stuff where they, I think, I forget the person's name, and this is like bad that I'm forgetting the person's name, but like a white supremacist who was linked to like the Charlottesville KKK thing and like was peddling conspiracy theories, like paid them to say stuff on their platform. It's just weird. So like they were using media prompts to, I guess, for the you know, saying Trump campaign or whatever to highlight that they weren't like a racist people, but you can clearly see that these two women are. They out there doing it for Kanye. the cause. They out there with Kanye. Um, but anyway, besides that, so like basically, this I only put it on there because it became like a popular subject with the Facebook investigation. Right. Yeah. On, right. Because. Um, it's like the whole like fake news thing, exactly. or like we're just putting anything on there. Exactly. And, like, so I, I think yeah, that's like the one. Because at first when you put this in, I was like, I know Henry not this wild about this, but then I was like, oh, but then they brought in Facebook. I mean that's clear because like Zuckerberg, the CEO and founder, he testified last week and was basically talking about how they want to try to get back to what their initial purpose was. Like I don't know if anyone has seen the new Facebook ads where it's like. You know, we started out as this, and you got to see your friends, you got to see births, you got to be there for people who you love. Right. And then along the lines, we got away from that, and we became more news-focused, yeah. and we kind of got drifted away. Now we're trying to get back to that. Mm-hmm. So I think this is probably, like, a key step in saying, like, there are, there are different ways instead of, like, just, like, oh, like, it's someone peddling, like, a fake news story. It's also actual individual actors within that system who need to be highlighted. And this is probably one of the people who was like, yeah, they were paid to say certain things. So I just think that's something to look out for. my notes, they were paid $1,274.94 to be field, um, field consultants. Yeah, for basically the black community. To basically try to make it seem like Trump wasn't as racist as it was. Basically what basically. I said. So that's something to keep out for. Um, another story that has recently happened, and this kind of gets into you know one of our, our big facts topic. Um, so R. Kelly, there's been a... Hashtag new R. Kelly campaign is focused on Twitter and social medias now. Uh, it's a campaign that has been, um, that began after he was dropped from a concert in Chicago after accusations of evidence of his sexual misconduct surfaced. Granted, a lot of context is key. This isn't like the first time R. Kelly's been. And that's the thing. So, like, <laughs> like this I is like, it. this I is weird, it. but like, I. What do you think? Because this well, is his weird. his lawyer and his attorney and, like, assistant general manager, somebody quit on him a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago because, you know, he's going to trial right now. Right. Um, and I didn't know he purposely gave a 19-year-old STD. That's wild. So, um, we like, when I first seen this subject come about, I was just like, I mean, we've been knew this about R. Kelly. But then when I looked, it's a documentary on BBC. Um, y'all know, like, the British yeah. Network. I watched like maybe 20, 30 minutes of it, and it gets into the detail of like how he was abusing like those. It's crazy. Black like, women. It's crazy. He basically made a it's sex crazy. code. Yeah, like, it's crazy. and it was crazy. It's crazy. Um, so I guess for me, it's just like I'm I, finally somebody saying something. So that goes back again to the, a bigger fact that we'll talk about later on. Yeah. We've been 
tracking throughout our podcast, but I think that's the crazy thing about it. It's like it's the kind of thing of like where everyone knew. Or like, but it's like, like, like no. your uncle at the funeral that's been locked up, but you don't tell nobody about. But, like, but it's the kind of thing of like, I guess among like black people, it's like, dang, like R. Kelly made some good music, comma, but. but. <laughs> like, so I think like, I don't know. I think it's a difference between like how we've kind of treated R. Kelly of like, yo, like he made some stuff, but like we're touching him with like a ten foot pole. But I think now, as you see, like with this current movement and stuff that we're gonna talk about, we clearly see that like times and our reactions and the penalties for this stuff is it's because is like, like it's like actually exactly. catching up to people and that's and what i was about to say like this relates to like again a later subject in the coast subject for this point is like the whole me too founder uh tarana burke uh she recently did an interview with buzzfeed on the um am to dm show which mckenzie works on which shout out to buzzfeed <laughs> right Plug. this story came up hey i want my check <laughs> But besides all of that, um, she was basically saying that she's fine with how Hollywood has blew the issue up, and mm. it seems to be like they're taking credit for this, but she actually found it just over a decade ago, and she is a black woman, um, and they asked her about her opinion on that. But I will say it's, I don't want to say it's becoming a trend or it's popular, but it seems to be that Hollywood and bigger businesses and like us as a people are taking like these sexual allegations and assaults. Seriously, like you'll get more you'll get you'll get hit now. Well, it depends on what your race color is. I'll say that, and we can get on that when we talk about big facts. One thing I'll say before <coughs> before we go to big facts, Buzzfeed's gonna ask us for money for just dropping their name. Anywho, you um, be like, oh, y'all name drop one hundred. Thank you, direct deposit, please. I know we didn't. <laughs> We we try. I'm seeing my sources. Just wait till we get that edit. We'll cut that out. All right. So now we're gonna go on to the big facts. Wait, big we gotta f- do oh, this because oh. they're making a lot of noise. We do got like a, a audience. Um, so if y'all hear like a little chirping in the back, that might be the audience like chiming in. Um, including in our artists, we got like Jordan Quashi, my miss. Yeah, so go follow him on uh, IG. He definitely gonna promote for us this episode. He got speaking few, into existence. Yeah, he got a few projects coming out. We also got Matthew. Yeah, he a signal. That's my neo. But moving on, big facts, <laughs> big facts. I'll let you explain this because I thought this was a good. It's a good topic, also framing off the R. Kelly stuff, but it's generally I think it's it, it's interesting. You're it is you're what so you put R. in. R. Kelly could be included in this, but idolizing false prophets. Uh, so, J. Cole made this song a few, like, last year, where he called Kanye out, and basically how he kind of portrays himself in this great light, but him as a human, his character has a lot of flaws. Um, so that goes to say about R. Kelly, Kanye, Naj, and our beloved Bill Cosby. Um, this week, a lot of people got heat for just random different acts, and I feel like <clears throat> these black men have portrayed themselves in whatever light in the media industry, but in their actual lives, they have a different opinion or they may carry themselves a different way. Um, but it's now coming to light, and that's why it's called false prophets because I guess, in a sense, these men are respected, which could easily be interpreted as idolizing, but that may not be the case. For So, Kanye, for instance, uh, I had to mute his name on Twitter. I personally did that for my own sanity because it was just becoming too absurd. Um, but one tweet that kind of pissed me off 
when he was like, uh, Obama was president for eight years in Chicago, nothing happened in Chicago. Boy, shut the fuck up. Like, My only thing so- is like, yeah, that's just like, the weird thing about it, because at first when he did the, like the, oh, like all the Trump stuff, I was like, okay, Kanye might just be like having a moment right now. Like, I don't, but then when he took that, I'm like, that's like kind of like the traditional Republican line of like, oh, the Democrats had a black person from one of their beloved inner cities and nothing changed in that yeah. inner city. So it's just like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, all right, you can, at first, you know, some people was like, oh, you know, Kanye Wyland. But then when you mentioned my president, <laughs> then it's like, oh, I'm here now. Like, okay, I'm here now. Exactly. I'm awake. Um, so, no, I think it's an interesting thing that you've, um, you know, the whole thing that you had of idolizing false prophets, because I think, um, especially I think in the case of Cosby, I think it's really interesting. When all this stuff broke down, um, I can put a link to this. Uh, I wrote something about Cosby on my website where I basically say that, that Cosby has an interesting, basically his career arc is very interesting. Where it's a sense of he's a very accomplished man in terms of his professional life where he was a very popular comedian who gave basically a platform for other comedians to follow like Richard Pryor, Chris Rock, Kevin Hart. All these people wouldn't have been a thing without Bill Cosby. He was in movies. He was the first black person to star on like a national show, I Spy on NBC in the 60s. Um, He created other shows. He helped people get their start in their careers. You Mm -hmm. think of... He helped do a different world, uh, Little Bill, but most importantly, he was literally a the Cosby show. for the black community. But media. I think, but I think that's the thing, and that, and I think that's why it's, it's kind of like sell, it's kind of like taking apart the artists for their art, and like kind of trying to dissect and those I two things because they're they're often different. Because I said, what I wrote was that you know Cosby had this persona on the show of he was the upstanding black father, he was the family man, he was well-educated, his wife was well-educated, he empowered the uh, empire of his daughters, he did all this stuff that would that we would determine today as honorable in the community, but in his private life, he was leading a different road. So it's the kind of thing of, you try to separate Cosby from that, because that's clearly not, his. it was a character, which is okay, what Okay, so this goes to the is. point that I wanted to make overall. We can say Cosby versus Trump. One gets ostracized and sent to jail, and the other becomes the president in response to Kanye's tweet without acknowledging, like, a hero that saved lives in America. So, like, we all know Trump has raped people. He's actually right now mitigating a case to stop a porn star from releasing a tape or whatever they have going on. So it's like we have a man who constantly is, like, doing faulty stuff, and it is not just him, like, tweeting. It's him actually committing. He actually has, like, action. You know what I'm saying? Because, like... And I'm After, not saying Cosby is right at all. No, he but shouldn't I, be going to jail. But that's the but, point I'm making. But I think, you know I think that's the key thing is that I think when you compare Cosby and Trump, most people are going to be like, oh, so you're saying it's either like people are going to take it one way or you're saying that Trump should get the Cosby treatment or, oh, no, Cosby should get, get the, the Trump, Trump treatment. treatment right, but, and right. clearly it's the Trump and Cosby should fall in the same, same category light because exactly. it's not even a thing of, oh, like look at Cosby how he's being treated that way. He should. It, exactly. <laughs> he should. He should. Like, he, he, definitely he should. clearly should because it's not only and you know people always talk about like oh like it happened so long ago like that doesn't matter well I was speaking to my mom about this and it does because I was wondering what is the I forgot to get statue of limitations statue of limitations but that's why he got hooked up on this and I wrote this in my notes you know homework um, 
this last one where he pleaded guilty to three counts each punished about 10 years. Okay. It fell within the statute of limitations because okay. it was 14 years ago. Okay. The other stuff which happened in like the 70s, 80s, and like, then, that, okay. that doesn't count. And that's what I was like, because I, I had to stop reading into Cosby because he himself served as like a, um, I'm sorry. Henry just walked away to do something. I don't exactly I mean, know you why. Want window, the, 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 the people couldn't hear you. Say it again. What the anyway, hell? You see, you <coughs> see, look. Alright, look. So, Bill Cosby himself was like somebody I looked up to, especially like, that's one of the reasons I chose to come to Howard, bro. Um, the different world, like, it, a different world of the show, it was something like I watched on a regular basis. Um, Bill Cosby gave a lot of money to a lot of different causes is specifically he did. HBCUs. So it's like he himself is like one of those black men that you don't interact with on a daily basis. You don't get to see in your neighborhood. And he was like, oh wow, like that's a different perspective. Uh, so for me, I just had to start reading to it. But the point I'm making is I didn't really understand it uh, or know the statute of limitations. And I think a it was lot just a timing of, thing. Exactly. And then a lot of people like regular people would probably assume the same thing. Like I've been seeing on Twitter a lot. Um, somebody said that the woman who lied about Emmett Till <coughs> should be sent to jail. Uh, I don't know if she's dead or not. I don't know either. I don't think this Bill Cosby situation. Yeah, is, I, don't, I don't think it's comparable. Right, but I understand the point they're making. Cause it I do too. It, it, it I, I, I do. To what I, I just did with the Trump thing. But I see what they're it. trying to. I think that's. It's a good comparison, but I also think it's. I think it's a reach. It's a they reach. reach no, it's not just a, it's a reach. But I think some things are just worthy of looking at on an individual case by case basis. Right. In the sense As of the legal system. In the sense of the year. I mean, but the legal system probably does it badly. But Terribly. I mean, but I think that. Um. But I think that in the case of like the Hill thing, like that's. And I think this goes to like the Kylie thing of like you take individual instances, but also try to see like what they display. Right. In the sense of like, okay, what does the Emmett Till thing say? Like, okay, try to have someone verify something that happens before you just start doing some crazy shit. In the case of Emmett Till, someone lied, they didn't check, they didn't do their homework. Obviously, it's you know a deep southern state in the fifties. No one's no one cares. They just hear, exactly. oh, this person said this to this. Exactly. All right, bet we moving. Exactly. But in the Kylie case, it's the kind of thing of. It was repeated. It was throughout decades. It's the same situation. Everyone's telling the same exact story. Is every case true? I don't know. Right. That's only the person, uh, only the alleged accuser, and Bill Cosby know that. Right. But it happened to the point where if you hear something enough and they're everyone's saying the same thing, you're like, uh, okay, something is, something happened. Like even so if we're you're, both agreeing that Cosby's getting the treatment he deserves. Yes, but then but then what you're saying is that. The same treatment, which is now kind of like this, which happened in the Me Too movement of now where everything is being taken seriously, that same treatment should be applied to everybody. To like, everybody. is Weinstein going to get his star removed and his company shut right. down? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That type it's of It's the thing. same thing. And that's, and that's what I think. Um, and that's, I think, the same thing with, like, how this all kind of relates is that don't, like, we are, like, of course, we're saying from jump, like, Cosby is getting what he deserves. Like, he made... Not even terrible decisions. Like he did some shitty stuff. Yeah, he did yeah. some effed up stuff, and he deserves to be held accountable for exactly. that, no matter how long exactly. it happened. But then that same approach should be applied to any other star of any race, whether it's 
Nas for what we can talk about with him uh-huh. happening and what we still don't know all the specific details or Trump because remember after the active Hollywood tape where he was basically just talking about how he was basically grabbing people by the P word all these women came out and were like yeah he like sexually assaulted me and he did X Y and Z and it was like 15 people so like that same standard should be held We have some editor's notes. Uh, <laughs> please say your name and then and then and then add your comment, please, because yeah. Oh, oh, dang! Never mind. The editor's <laughs> note will come later. See, we out here slipping. We've been, yeah. It's Any, Sunday, it's brunch, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. We um, we, like, we we lose it. I guess to get back on track to the whole point of this um big fact, uh, idolizing false prophets. So Nas recently got thrown under the bus because it came to light that he was in an abusive relationship with longtime wife Felice. She did a good, a great interview. I listened to the whole thing. Um, it was on Access Hollywood. So if you're interested in that, I, I would say I wouldn't, like, you know what I'm saying, advocate for you to go listen to it. Um, I personally feel like very interesting. with the Nas situation, um, I'm a Nas fan. I respect him as, like, you know, like one of those black men that you know is super smart and he doesn't really do anything and that type of... Yeah, we view him kind of in like that common Tyler exactly. Pauly yeah, era. Yeah, like. yeah, but clearly... I mean, and that's the thing that we have to realize is... And this is a great point to title in this. These people are human beings and they live a life just like we do. I'm not commending him for hitting a woman because... I would never hit a woman, and if I did, my mama gonna put me six feet under. So it's either gonna be one consequence or the other. But besides that, it's like I don't know what internal demons he's dealing with to cause him to hit a female. But yeah, I think it's it's I not think it's, it's, it's a not difficult. uncommon for a black male. Excuse me if I'm overstepping to interact that way with uh, a black female per. I know a friend who I'm not going to name drop or anything, but they're in a relationship. Now, these people are in a relationship out of whatever reason they're in a relationship for, but it's become like a woman has. I know, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm going I know what you're trying to say in your sense. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I'm saying it's common in this community. But then that's. I would, I mean, like, that's a longer form conversation, which I don't think, like, we need to have at this moment, but I think (laughs) it's kind of a thing where I think in the general sense, it's kind of like, like how I said earlier, like, you take, you take what their product is, or I think, like, what's the lesson in all of this? It's, it's Nas is releasing albums, and we come out with this, granted, we haven't heard his side, Nas has yet to say anything about this. he's always talking about it openly. I haven't heard. I mean... Take that, but that, but that that was just my understanding. Like, I didn't know he said anything regarding this. Like, right. if it's true, it's the kind of thing where, in any case, where how do you, how do you take, like Nas releases all these good albums. Like, how do you take that at face value and say, hey, this is a person who's just like me who's has their own issues. But then, and I think the interesting thing is how do, what's the appropriate reaction to this stuff? Because right. I think that we of, can't protest everything. It's not even that, but it's a, it's a simple sense of these, and and I think I'm like I'm I'm openly thinking about this now in the sense of like how how we should react in the sense of okay like Nas has this crazy stuff like where Cosby did stuff like you're oh, you're clearly just like okay like that like that shit's crazy like I can cast him off but the kind of thing where 
each individual accent is different, but what happens when you find out that a person that you like who is a celebrity did terrible things? Exactly. In the sense of, one, everything is different. Uh-huh. In the sense of, what Kanye did is crazy, and you can cast him off and just be like, I'm not listening to his music, I'm not supporting him, right. I'm not doing that. Right. But in the case of Nas and Cosby, those are like things that we should not stand for. Like, uh-huh. in the sense of domestic abuse, sexual abuse. Exactly. There are... We should be able to separate so those two things. It's a difference, and depending upon what that wrongful act is, per whomever. Because in the sense of like Kanye just being Kanye just being a dumbass, exactly, and I can say exactly, like, yo, exactly, exactly. I, one, I already, I already don't buy Yeezys. I'm not gonna go buy his T-shirts. Exactly. I'm not gonna go buy his album. Exactly. I can take the stand and be like, yo, what, what, like what you're doing? Like, I'm not, I'm not supporting that. Right. But in the sense of Nas, it's like I'm not supporting that. But then, do I? What, what, but what? It's not even that, but, like, what more needs to happen about that? Like, mm. does Nas need to be held accountable in the sense of... Uh, I get, okay. Of, I get like, what you're saying. Because, like, I know he has to deal with Hennessy. Exactly. Should Should Hennessy be looking at his advertising contract and be like, hey, we're done? Right. Because, what need, because I think that a part of it is that... And, like, Nas is being singled out because he's in the news today. Right. But, granted, if this happens to people, I think... It's the kind of thing of like where actions have consequences, and once you start like with the sexual assault stuff, once people started knowing that their actions had consequences, everyone took it in a different light. Mm-hmm. In the sense of maybe that stops someone who's thinking about doing something like, oh no, I'm a, I have a, I'm a person with a platform. If I do something wrong nowadays, people are going to say something. Exactly. It's, so that's going to, it's not just under the bus now. It's, it's not under the bus. Like, like I get you. I, I mean, and, and to a certain extent, like, it's, I'm sure it's very, I mean, granted, we are people with just a little old podcast. We don't have the, <laughs> we don't have the profile that these people do. So I'm sure it's difficult to have that platform and to always try to walk on the straight line. But I think it, it, it speaks to two things. One, that we should hold celebrities accountable for their actions, but also try to take away what their product is from who they are. But also think that, I mean, like Charles Barkley said in like a really good, um, like advertisement for Nike, he's basically like, I'm not a role model. Don't look at me for inspiration on how to live your life or try to be an inspiration to kids. Unless they're putting that off, then that's a different question. But I think right. that that's just a general thing that I think that that's probably just healthy to have in the sense of we shouldn't prop these people up to be our role models for how to live our lives or like how to do a certain thing or act a certain way. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're just like us. Granted, they have more money, they have more status, they have more of a platform. At the end of the day, it's kind of thing they put their pants like on one at a time like that. I couldn't have said it better myself, but I do kind of want to take it back to Kanye real quick because your stupid president, uh, he tweeted <laughs> and he brought Chance. Well, Chance put himself out there. He by, he he was he tweeted. was going off the wall. I was like, uh, hold he on. He was like, twi- Chance tweeted all black people don't have to be Democrats, which is true. Which is true. True statement. True statement. True statement. Black people true statement. Politics, black people were originally Republicans who got swifted into becoming Dem- whatever. Go take a black like politics that. class. But um, anyway, Trump tweeted he was like Kanye West has performed a great service to black the black community. Big things are happening. And eyes are op- being open for the first time in decades. Le- legacy stuff. Thank you. Also to Chance and Dr. Darrell Scott. They really get it. Lowest black and Hispanic appointment in history. What do you think Chance's reaction was? No, Chance, he, uh, Chance uh, was like, whoa, uh, there, buddy. Uh, and then, of course, he come out with his big old apology. On notes. On the notes, yeah, saying. <laughs> 
Can we like do away? Can that be like a thing to do away with? That's like the, that's like the third time. That's we've, like, like a celebrity go to for when I fuck up, I'm gonna just. But that's like the third time we've talked about that. Like it's not even like someone effs up and they're like, dang, I got to issue an apology. I own the notes, Siri, open notes. Like you're like, dang. Can you at least get like a press release or like you have a manager? Like you have you have community like. How much um, chance definitely has like a PR person, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I know, I know he, I know he independent. Communi- proper channels to communicate, but I'll, for that, men. I'll give him credit. It's his own thoughts. It's not even that. It's Trump. Like Trump can tweet whatever, so they like whatever. I think it's funny though because um, ju- a judge recently ruled that um, bars can refuse service to people with MAGA "Make America Great" hats. You know, so I think that's pretty cool. With yeah, because Kanye dumped one of the tweet pictures, but uh, I guess we can hit y'all with his heads up real quick, get y'all what's coming, what's happening, and closing on out. Begin it up. Key it uh, up. Yeah, start. so this Meet Mill John, I do got the whole thing. If you want a timeline of uh, like the actual events that happen, ABC News has a great timeline. But Bert like got um, arrested in Philadelphia in 2007. Uh, he got convicted in August of 2008 uh, for charges of simple assault, possession of a controlled substance with the intent to deliver, put and possession of a loaded weapon. He was arrested in January of 2009. He served <clears throat> 23 months at the time, seven years probation. Um, boom. And then, as of recent, what, February 2009, he was sentenced to 90 days uh, house arrest and is required to do, like, community service. Um, 2017, November 6th, that's when Brinkley sentenced him to the uh, two to four years in prison for violating his probation. So, that's just, like, a brief timeline of what's happening. We got but I think it's a, I think... It's a good that you mentioned that because I think it's an interesting, it's kind of like an interesting oral history of one person's constant relationship. With the legal system. With the legal system. And I think that that's, like granted some of the stuff he was doing like was serious. But it like, was actually it was, serious. It was, it, was, it, was, it was serious stuff. But I think it, it's kind of like how we often try to talk about things and we're like, hey, this is happening. But this is, this represents a larger, a larger thing which is happening right. that granted this one person can't change, but it still needs to be talked about and, and that, i think and i think that, that's, that's my whole thing with this because personally well it's not even personally legally he should have served the time you violate probation you go going to jail you sign a contract with your parole officer or your probation officer that says if you do x y and z this is what this is the direct action of your like you know what i'm saying yeah you deserve to be in jail. I understand the black community is all hype. Meek should be free. Blah blah blah. blah. The uh, officer that arrested him was conducting. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but granted, that is key. It's not it, key because he served is. that time already. You served that time already. Now you want to go back out. You want to pop willies and sell weed or do whatever. You violated your parole. But it's the kind of thing of where if you violated, it's almost like if you had a my and this is like a short thing. It's kind of me going off on the side. It's kind of like okay, if you had a unregistered firearm in your car, uh-huh. or I mean, you don't gotta. I mean, okay, yes, you had an unregistered <laughs> firearm in your car, and an officer discovered it through an illegal search. Okay, I see where you're going. It's the kind of thing of like, yeah, I, I had this. Trouble anyway. 
I, I would not have been in trouble if the officer was acting. I was doing something illegal, but the officer did something illegal to discover that. So then it's the kind of thing of like chicken comes before the egg. The egg. Are you still going to prosecute me for the officer's what the officer was doing? Which you acknowledge is not. That's the battle of the legal system. That's literally what it's the battle of the legal system, but it always gives preference to the officer. And I would agree with you a hundred percent. And that's which is which goes to the larger conversation. Right. That's what I think the black community. And other people are like so hype about this issue. It's not because Meek just happened to be a celebrity who was cool with the young kids, and the young kids took it and everybody ran with it. That's what happened. But that, but but the yeah. bigger issue at hand is black people are ostracized, killed over and over again, experiencing police brutality, and nothing's being done about it. And then it comes to light that the judge is attempted to hold a personal vendetta over him. It comes to light that the police officer that arrested him has, like, you know what I'm saying, some misconduct. And then the DA, the mayor, everybody is basically saying free meat. So it's like... But it's also, yeah. But it's also the kind of thing of... Like, one, he should not have been in jail for that violation of parole. In the technical sense, because, like we said, the discovery was unlawful. It's kind of like the OJ thing. The officer discovered something that was not above board. They were not acting accordingly. Therefore, the evidence got thrown out. You can't use how we obtain something possibly illegally against me. Exactly. But granted, that's a whole a whole other side. I think my thing is, it was Meek Mill. He's a celebrity. He has profile. What happened if this was like I'm sure someone a else? Regular, yeah, like his, like Meek's, Meek's birth name is Robert Williams. What if this was just happened to Robert Williams, who might live up the street from him? Right. He would still be in jail. So I think right. that it's the kind of thing of. Meek is fortunate and lucky, and he probably should not have been in. Like that's a key thing. Well, not even fortunate and lucky. I will say, but he's fortunate to have he's a spot. Privileged he's, to have this. to have people, and granted, the general community push his the agenda, DA, right? And because that doesn't his, happen often. A lot of he he saved lives because a lot of people did get released because it came to light that the officer dealing with his case was on that misconduct list, and they were released from prison. So it's like he served a purpose. He served a purpose, but I think the general thing is we is have he to. See a false prophet. <laughs> <laughs> My final thing about this is I think that we have to kind of give the same attention that we gave Meek Mill. Granted, like this can't happen to like, everybody. Every, to yeah. everybody, or in the sense of if we find out that people are facing the same type of scenario, we should make sure that everyone gets that same treatment. Um, so on to the next joint, which uh, Henry beautifully put in. Um, I think this is important. Um, there was actually a 60 Minutes piece on this, which was really good. Um, the Equal Justice Initiative, they have a founding. Um, do you know where it is? It's, it's in, in Montgomery, in Montgomery Alabama. Alabama. And it's basically a memorial that opens up Wait, the world. not only them, the, and the National Memorial for the Peace and Justice, they both okay. yeah, opened, to them. Um, both of them opened um, lynching memorials to commemorate the thousands of Right. that happened during the civil rights period and what I found Brian Stevenson so I read his book Just Mercy if I if y'all have not read that book I urge y'all to read it I'm very like passionate about mass incarceration but like he himself has done a tremendous work a great amount of work but he's a great person but I was reading an article and he he was asked like why doesn't he do this in Washington D.C. where more people could be publicized to it and like it's the nation capital he basically wants his answer was saying that he wants people to understand and feel all of the 
like trauma and traumatic events that occurred during by the actually time. going to the way by of, going yeah. and make Alabama as a state is like it was the thing like the worst you know what which I'm saying why I think they put it there exactly and then Montgomery it has the history it, it has a bigger history so I, I definitely understand what he's saying and I pray to God I'm only able to make a third of the impact he's making down there so shout out to him man and read his book Just Mercy I mean if you yeah yeah, and watch the 60 Minutes piece, and then I know they released pictures of, um, I don't know if you've seen them. Oh, he's on the 13th on Netflix, too. I wasn't talking about that, but that's also a good thing. Um, <laughs> have you seen a picture of the actual statues that they have? Yeah, bro, they're yeah, beautiful, like, But it's like, I think, it's beautiful in the sense of... The artwork. It, it, the artwork thing. is beautiful, but it's indicative of, like, just pure tragedy. It, yeah. So I think that... The memorial's good, and, like, the 60 Minutes piece is really good because you understand his actual artistic way of how he lines up everything mm-hmm. and where the Do people... You know the artist's name? No, like, it's him. But I'm saying, like, his actual vision and how he designed okay. the memorial in the sense of each pillar, which represents someone who was lynched, it's at eye level. Um, and then as you go forward, the height gets higher because it's representing of something that's just, like, you can't reach and it's out of your control. Mm. And each pillar is, like, of old steel because it represents, like, how, like, ingrained and how, like, these names have kind of worn off over time. Okay. But it's such a big problem why they got a big freaking piece of steel hanging up. So it's just, like, and it basically says, like, how this was a form of terror. Well, I think we should just and how take, it was a form of terror. Go to take a trip down What's really going on on the road? Um... What else you got? You want to do the SM4 100 at the last joint, or you want to? Uh, you got so I do think this is important. I think more police office, offices or places around the country should take this initiative. DC is requiring that its police officers take a history class on African Americans to improve its community engagement. Mayor Bauer, Bauer Bowser, Bowser, I always mess up her name, who's also included in the Essence Walk 100. Um, you see how I just did that? Tying it all together, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, she's also included in the Woke 100 Essence um, shoot cover, whatever you want to call it, that just recently dropped this past month. Uh, shout out to my mayor, uh, Keisha Bottoms, who's holding it, Keisha Lance Bottoms, who's holding it down in Atlanta. She's also featured. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that's a great uh, initiative. I think more police like offices around the country should take that same initiative because it could possibly improve issues that black and brown um, people face on like a daily basis. I slightly disagree, but that's okay. What? Why? I just, I don't know. It's the kind of thing of like, yeah, we take this class and like, what, what's the actual like impact of it? It's like, yeah, I under, like, not even, well, I, not even not, I understand this black is history, my but hopeful like, thinking. I guess I'm just, I just think optimist. it's, I just think it's wishful thinking. Wishful, whatever. I'm thinking in my head that if you was to, if, like, for us, we focus on black issues. We live with the issues. We understand it. But for them, like, when is a time that in the American public school system that they focus on black issues besides that specific month? I agree to what you're saying, but I think, no, but here, here's, my, here's my thinking behind this. Someone says, hey, I took a one-week explainer class when I was training Not to be a police. No, but they this. empathize. Why would someone? I don't think. I don't think they would emphasize. emphasize. They, you don't think? I, I guess again, me being hopeful is like an officer who doesn't understand the little boy 
who is walking around with his pants sagging like that's just a part of the natural co- culture. He would. Do you think that would be included in a, in a black history class? class? I'm just giving like an example. Okay. But what I'm saying is, I'm gonna assume or hope that this officer has tipped this class and he understands that like what the identity of a black man means. Like me representing myself with my clothes, sports, rap. That's just how I relate to my culture for one. And then two, I'm hoping he takes his class and he understands like the daily difficulties or like commonalities we deal with. Like I walk down the street and I feel pressure to walk a certain way or speak a certain way because a white officer is standing here. And that's engraved in your history and you have to carry yourself this way. So I'm hoping I agree. I just think that's side that this class would help this person look at him and be like, okay, this person isn't attempting to be super aggressive or aggressive or this person isn't a thug just because he likes to wear Jordans in his pants a little bit lower than his waist. Like my my two my only two counters are one I feel like I know what that class is gonna say. The class is gonna do the normal kind of like here's how we learn about black history, slavery I'm not saying all the, that. No, but I'm, I'm just saying, and, but also I think that just, that sidestep, I think we're putting reasons toward this, which I think that's not the best, most effective way. Okay. Where, yeah. like, if you said, like, hey, we want to actually have the police understand these people, like, put them around these people, have more community forums, understand, like, what they're talking about, what their, what their concerns with them are. Hear from them. There's nothing that a black history class can tell you that what the people can't, because you actually have to interact with them. You can take your knowledge in that class. And then try to apply it with them. And you're like, oh, I took this history class. I don't understand what this person on indicator is telling me about. Understand the actual people. Even though you do have to understand their, the culture, I just think that when you're dealing with such a profession as human interaction, mm-hmm. I think that's understanding the people in communities is the most important. It's a bigger thing than the class. Of course. What- no, I agree. <laughs> of course, because I like we're we're, we're you're assuming that the class is gonna like run to like peak efficiency when it's not. Right. That's my only thing. I agree, man. Uh, so the last thing, and we're gonna close it on now for y'all. Can More you... spot. Oh, damn. Oh, who? We say say your actual full piece about the essence of woke one hundred. You kind of like mentioned it, but not really explaining. Like oh, well, basically yeah. just um, I'm sorry. Essence highlight um every year. Yeah, every year they do this. They highlight black mayors, uh, black female mayors throughout the country. Um, and this particular artist, there, I don't know the actual number that was actually like. It was a couple. It was one yeah. from. Um, it was one from New Orleans, uh, the mayor elect. It was a couple other ones. I think like your mayor from Atlanta was in there, the mayor from DC. Um, but it wasn't just like. Which it wasn't just mayors, it was like activists, poets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Angela Rye was on it. Like it was just a bunch of people. Um also shout out to Shout out to Carmen Beckley. I know her. She was on the last joint. I'm gonna add her so we can so we can get our views up. Um but then to to piggyback off what Henry was saying before we close, um Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer Prize for damn. Uh, I don't have much to say about this except uh they gave it to the first but they gave it to the wrong album. They gave it to the wrong Kendrick album. To Pimp a Butterfly was more deserving of the damn. That's just my hot take, but I mean that's argument. here nor there. But for it to be the first, it, that's rap a, that's a very that's yeah, a very I'm big one. So shout out to Kendrick. Shout out. To um. Me, so yeah, man. So we on episode twelve, April 29th. We back. This was like one of the longer jumps, but I think it was a good conversation. We are gonna go it was back. Great content, man. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to Buzzfeed. Shout out to Mackenzie. Shout out to everybody else in the room. Uh. 
Yeah, yeah. Harry, what up, bro? We done. <laughs> Woo!